0: of the day okay. when you get an opportunity in this game you make a play Playback. the playmakers on three one two three Playback. touchdown kansas city the chiefs are right in the thick of it baby well hello chief's kingdom and welcome to this edition of defending the kingdom mitch holters with you voice of the chiefs along with the man we call the shop the barber shot the spider-man <laughs> the university of richmond spider terrific career in the national football league and leading our ambassadors, he's been awesome in our community and former coach as well, and senior team reporter, Mac McMullen, uh, the pride of Blue Valley North High School. Yeah. Where well, your son playing? Go Mustangs. Is your son playing?
1: Go Mustangs. Go Let's Mustang, go Noah Barber. Horsepower, baby. Lock down that corner, baby. Lock yeah. down that corner.
0: EKL football, nothing bigger. Uh, big hello to everybody here. This episode is preceding another uh, Chiefs-Bills football game. So we're calling this Chiefs-Bills Or Ted Lasso. Before we do that, let's take our spin around the world. What do we got, Matt, around the world of our
2: Defending the Kingdom, Kingdom Defenders? Yep. So as always, 13 seconds. A little bit different this time. I have 10 people from around the world listening to DTK. And then last week, we went over our favorite Raider Week memories. I have a few Raider Week memories from people as well. The yes,
0: no, bizarro. Exactly. Which...
2: Last week now being the biggest bizarro Raiders game ever. Sure. I think when we do that podcast again, we're going to spend like 30 minutes on just Monday night. <laughs> the 2022 game. version. Yeah. But uh, we have Ramon in Davenport, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, he claimed it as Chiefs Kingdom Big River Bend. Mm-hmm. We have Cloud Mary. Cities. Yep. We've got Mary, Patricia, and their dog, Toto, in Weathersfield, Connecticut. They'll be here for their first ever Chiefs game on Sunday against the Bills. So pretty awesome. We've got Zachary out in Duval County, Florida, heart of Jags country. Duval. Yep. We have a listener from Overbrook, Kansas, but now they live in North Platte, Nebraska. The Gophers, Overbrook Gophers. So get this. We we always hear from Nikki in Hannibal, Missouri. We also have Ryan in Hannibal, Missouri. Gosh. Two mm. listeners in Hannibal. Mark Twain. Yep. Big, big fan of the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got Skylar in South Korea. Uh, he's originally from Springfield, a member of the Air Force stationed in South Korea. Mm. His family lives in Las Vegas, so he's hoping to be on leave and be back for our game against the Raiders <laughs> in Las Vegas later this keep- year. Uh, we've got Sherry in Orlando, Carl in Roaring River, North Carolina, Jeremy in Corpus Christi, Texas. We've heard from Jeremy before. And then three Raider Week memories. So Jim's first-ever Chiefs game was a win over the Raiders back in 1989. Been a Chiefs fan ever since, of course. Sounds like a yes. Yep. It was 9-6, to six, I believe, but still <laughs> a yes. Boy, yeah. yay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we've got Seth. Uh, his favorite game. We should have talked about this one last week. His favorite one was the 2013 game when Terrell Pryor had like the third and 48. And that was the uh, noise record game, the <laughs> initial oh, noise yeah. record game. Yeah, we should have yeah. talked about that one. But um, that was Seth's favorite one. Hussein Abdullah had the pick six oh, yeah. as well. That was an awesome one. Uh, and then Jonathan – remembers the play that I mentioned. Remember Jared Page's interception in the end zone? In the end zone. Mm -hmm. Yep. He remembers exactly where he was when that happened. He was driving east on the viaduct in Council Bluffs, Iowa, listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Omaha Council
0: Bluffs. Love it. Tons of Chiefs fans there who are anticipating this next Chiefs-Bills game. I say Chiefs-Bills Ted Lasso. Why? Each one of these games, ever since Patrick Mahomes became the QB1 of the Chiefs and Josh Allen the QB1 of the Bills, Shop. It has been like the Ted Lasso episodes, the Ted Lasso series, which is phenomenal. Okay, Jason Sudeikis, who is Ted Lasso, a huge Chiefs fan. Yes. Right. He grew up Shawnee Mission West High School. Uh, played for Fort Scott uh, for the Greyhounds. Uh, that's his alma maters, Fort Scott Community College. But we know Sudeikis is a big Chiefs fan, yes. along with our kind of comedian Chiefs. We love him. So that's good. Right. Always, always. Hey.
1: Wherever, whenever, whenever that 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 two that two-headed monster when it comes to the quarterback position, um, throughout my career, there's been um, different times in the league where there's been two quarterbacks that everybody knows just as a. Uh, elite above the rest. It just sits on a different plas- uh, plateau. And so when you, when you have a chance to see those two go head-to-head, um, I know at some point in the season everybody thought it was the uh, Pat Mahomes versus Tom Brady, the old goat versus the new goat. But if you break down the, 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 the mindset and the offensive powers that are at the Buffalo Bills and at the Kansas City Chiefs, you'll realize that the 1-1-A one one is really between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Those are the two offenses that no matter how you defend them, there is no lead that is safe. There is no um, there is no comfort zone in playing those two weeks. The defensive coordinator on both teams stays up countless hours extra night trying to find a way, some way, some formula, to put a little bit of extra pressure to speed up the clock on both of these guys. <laughs> and both of them lights out. They love to invite pressure. They love to strike big. They love throwing the ball down the field. I still remember challenging each other who can throw it out the stadium uh, when, when they was both young players, wondering which one of them could throw the ball 80 yards in the air first uh, for that long, th- long long, throw contest. They're still kind of leaving that uh, um, for, for us to find out. But we all you know, the one thing we do know, we know Pat is a better golfer. We know Patrick. <laughs> Definitely. He, he made that very clear in that shootout that he's a better golfer than Josh Allen. But on the field, it's still a little bit left to be determined. I mean, we, we, we know that Patrick is a guy that hometown. We love him. But on a national level, man, you know, fantasy football is big. When it's come time to draft that first quarterback in a lot of leagues I'm in, Josh Allen was the first quarterback taken.
2: And, Mitch, I feel like when Mahomes first came on the scene in 2018, we knew he was going to be this guy, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football, a guy that at this point we believe is the best quarterback in all of football. But immediately you start looking for who is his villain, Mm. who is his Peyton Manning to his Tom Brady. And if we're comparing the Chiefs to the Patriots, who is our Indianapolis Colts? That rivalry wasn't a division rivalry or anything, but those two teams always went at it every single year, and you knew the AFC went through one of those two stadiums. And I think we have that with Josh Allen and the Bills, seeing them. This will be the fifth time now just in three seasons. And every year we're planning on playing these guys not once but twice, and hopefully we get the better of them in this first matchup, assuming we see them later on in the playoffs here in October.
0: Yeah, and just like Ted Lasso episodes, it's so well written. You don't there's unique drama in every episode, like what's gonna happen next. That's the feeling you get in these Chiefs Bills games. You mentioned there have been four previous matchups, two in the regular season, two in the postseason. The twenty twenty weird Regular season game was in front of no one. Uh, there was nobody in that stadium. It was COVID. It was raining. Clyde edwards Hilaire goes for 164. Chiefs look like West Point in the game. They just <laughs> ran the ball every time. It was crazy. Uh, then in the postseason, the Chiefs win the AFC championship game in front of a, I don't know what, third field, uh, GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs win it. Stefan Diggs stands out and watches the Chiefs uh, ceremony uh, to win the AFC championship and get the uh, Lamar Hunt trophy again. Then last year in the regular season, another weird script because there was a lightning delay for like 90 minutes, and the Bills clobbered the Chiefs, just clobbered them, dominated them throughout the entire game. And then the weird 13-second, you could live two lifetimes and never see that game again of this battle uh, between these two great quarterbacks and the Chiefs tie the game at 13 seconds, go to overtime, and win it in overtime in a game when that game combined – was ridiculous Uh, you see what those two quarterbacks did in that game 329 for Josh Allen in that game and the Chiefs had 378 uh, from Patrick Mahomes Yeah, so guys last year and we featured this on the franchise before that Bill's Chiefs divisional playoff game I had the premonition that something amazing could happen I'm trying not to overstate this game But honestly i'm not sure i've done a game like this even super bowl 54 or 55. now the enormity of the game that's obvious when you look at the level of excellence all across the board with these two teams i'm not sure i've seen it like that me broadcasting this game tonight is as much for posterity and history as it is for the person driving on i-70 listening to the game every moment in this game tonight every moment could be a piece of history i'm living in two worlds tonight, the world of the present and the world of the future. Now, when the Bills play the Chiefs, we're expecting excellence and two shops point. Now, this is an NFL history coming up because you've got Mahomes 15 touchdown passes. Josh Allen's accounted for 16 touchdowns total. If you look at the average touchdowns from the two quarterbacks meeting together, it's the most in National Football League history wow. in the regular season for these two guys coming together. So here we go. The next episode. What are we thinking? This is going to happen. I'll let you go first. Sharp. Man,
1: instant classic. If you had a Polaroid and you wanted to take a picture to last forever, <laughs> you would take a, p- a picture of these two quarterbacks right meeting at the middle of the field before the game, shaking each other's hand because they know it's going to be a shootout. They know. They know that they're each other's heir apparent. They know that each other. In some way, there's a necessity for one another. That's how Patrick is so good is because he knows every weekend he's got to kind of look at the stats and see what did Josh Allen do, what kind of numbers he put up. And they just constantly, constantly push each other to greatness, and you need that. You need Every great athlete knows there needs to be somebody in your locker room or some opponent that is constantly pushing you when the lights are off and nobody's looking for you to open up that playbook and get back to studying, to watch a little bit more film, to understand how am I going to attack this defense once again. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, man, listen, we know that this defense is a little bit of a variation of what we do here. Um, Steve Spagnola, Sean McDermott, they both kind of come off that Jim Johnson tree. God bless his soul. um, The defense I was a part of, it's high pressure in your face. It's fundamentally sound. They don't do all the trick stuff. They're not trying to uh, uh, put somebody in front of Kelsey and uh, only play uh, nine guys on the other ten guys and what we saw last week. It's very fundamentally sound defense. They want to challenge you uh, with your technique, And with your ability to run your plays, and then they want to just hit you. They want to out-hit you. They want to be the tougher uh, side of the ball, and they want to dominate the trenches. And what we got to worry about with Buffalo, and yes, I am worried about Von Miller. I'm worried about what Mm. he can do coming off the edge. But they have a a lot of pass rushers up there. They can put some um, heat on Patrick. Uh, when when needed, so we got to do really good job in first downs. We got to make sure our first downs are plus plays, get us in second and manageable, get us in manageable third down plays. Continue to have that ball. Do what we've been doing all year long: moving the ball down the field, scoring when we need to in in the red zone, and in defensively, just not not giving up any of those big chunk plays that you know that uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are just going to be. be Pining for. They're going to be watering at the mouth to try to throw that ball down the field against our defense. Let me just tag a couple
0: things here, Matt. Get your thoughts before I do that. Um, In the fact that the Bills are super impressive this year, they're able to get pressure without blitzing. Mm -hmm. They have the highest pressure rate without blitzing in the National Football League. And the dudes they can rotate. Now, they had some injuries last week. They blow out the Steelers and still had major injuries. But the fact that they've got about eight dudes up front. So Von Miller can come in just whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. They keep him fresh. Greg Rousseau, remember he snapped the ball Venus flytrap last year on an interception with Patrick Mahomes. A.J. Epinesa, the former Iowa Hawkeyes, big here. Uh, Boogie Basham Mm -hmm. is a really good player. Then in the middle, they got a bunch of dudes. They have eight starters, in my opinion. There are eight starters in their defensive front that could play for anybody, start for anybody, but they're able to rotate. None of those guys play more than 60% of their snaps. They don't wear them down. And so it's it's uh, this is for real now with this front you talk about.
2: Well, it's the number one scoring defense in the NFL. They're allowing just over 12 points per game. The Chiefs right now are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. The Chiefs have more touchdowns than any other team, 20 touchdowns this year. So it's a, a total best-on-best best kind of game. It's funny because we were just talking about this a few weeks ago with the Buccaneers. They were the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and the Chiefs scored 41 points on them. So hopefully we see something similar uh, here in this game. But the thing with these quarterbacks is that neither of these guys is ever out of the game. Yes. We saw that on Monday Night Football with Patrick Mahomes. We already know this with him, but he proved it yet again. It's 17 to nothing against a very hungry division rival who knows you well. They want nothing more than to beat you. And that was an opponent that is fighting for their season. Mm. They have you down 17 to nothing. Everything is going their way and there's no panic. Everyone watching that game knew this game isn't over. No one turned that game off and the Chiefs win that game. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. Josh Allen does that, too, if we're being honest. And we saw that earlier this season against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. They had a very Raider-like game against the Ravens where nothing was going right early on. They were down
0: 20 to nothing. So to
2: your point, they were down 20 to nothing. Yep, the Ravens were getting turnovers. I mean, everything was going the Ravens' way. I was watching that game in our hotel room uh, before the game uh, that we played, uh, against Tampa Bay, Tampa I Tampa Bay week, yeah, yeah Sunday night. I was watching it, just not believing what I was seeing. And then by the time I got to Raymond James Stadium, the Bills had tied it. So that <laughs> says what Josh Allen can do. So both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in this game, neither of them is ever out of the game. And that's what you want with the two best quarterbacks in the NFL going head-to-head. I'm also excited about this game because it's much different in terms of the context going into the regular season matchup than last year. Last year, the Chiefs were going through some pretty weird stuff offensively At that point, the defense had really struggled and the offense was still trying to find its identity a little bit because we were seeing these two high shell coverages by Mm -hmm. uh, opposing defenses. And we were kind of trying to figure out how to combat that because the deep stuff wasn't open. I believe we were two and two going into that game, kind of fighting to stay afloat a little bit. And the Bills were rolling and they got the better uh, side of it in that one. We all know that. But this time both teams are four and one. Both teams are feeling really good about their previous performance, the Bills because they blew out the Steelers, and the Chiefs because they came back from that big deficit. And whoever wins this game, I know it's just week six, but whoever wins it will have the top record in the AFC. And I feel much better as a Chiefs fan going into this game this time around than I did last year.
0: Yeah, and that was the deflection game. Remember the ball bounces off Tyreek Hill. Just bad luck. Yeah, Micah Hyde gets a pick six. It was those kind of things. But I want to ask you about – because in Ted Lasso, we're saying here, you know, Chiefs, Bills, or Ted Lasso, meaning that every one of these Bills-Chiefs games with Mahomes and Allen has this own what's going to happen next feel to it. In Ted Lasso, if you follow it, there's Nate, the character who's been loyal to Ted Lasso, but the last scene of the last series or the last uh, getting ready for the next group that comes out. Goes to the dark side. He goes mm-hmm. to the other side. He goes to the villains' team, right? <laughs> and so here's Sean McDermott, who was starting at the very beginning stages of his career with the Eagles and Andy Reid. So now here's McDermott. He's like the Nate figure, like, oh, no, he's going off and now he wants to destroy Andy Reid. <laughs> <right? It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to ask you because uh, the Bills are impressive here. Quick strike drives, they have scored uh, 35 times. Uh, in their 53 possessions, 35 times shop in four or less plays. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. We saw it on the 98-yarder uh, last week against the Steelers. They're at the two. Whoop. So, uh, Gabriel Davis, uh, 98 yards. As a defender, you're a Chiefs defender. You're playing the crazy Josh Allen RPO game, yep. and he can take off and run, and he ain't running eight yards and sliding. He's going <laughs> for 50, and yet he can wing it down the field. How do you play that as a defender and not give up the huge play?
1: I think you've got to be smart and understand that they are electric, they are exciting, they do have this um, be, the ability to, to strike and and, and just uh, attack you, attack your end zone in one play or less. Um, and with that knowledge, I think we do the exact thing that everybody was doing to Patrick last year. You go with the two shell, you have deep safeties, you play them uh, like they're playing center field for baseball, and you kind of dare Allen to see if he's courageous enough disciplined enough to take what you're giving them. And then when those underneath receivers catch the ball, you got to come up and dislodge them. You got you to make a, a purpose to make sure that you're hitting them and, and that they remember each one of those hits. And we have the safeties to do it. Um, Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, and Brian Cook, those guys are some of the hardest hit safeties in the league this year. And if all those three have that mentality of uh, was keep them snapping the ball in front of us, and then once they catch the ball, we're going to go up there and hit them to dislodge the ball. That's the difference. And if they want to uh, incorporate a lot of that quarterback rushing, quarterback RPO systems, I, I, again, I think we have to we, – we saw it firsthand. There were some guys on this team that were making some game decisions, some business decisions, and sometimes they just didn't choose to put their nose in there sometimes. And, and, and they, they would rather just wrap them up, and they were being a little bit gentle with the quarterback. Um, now, when, when that quarterback breaks that huddle and you see him coming on a quarterback sweep or a quarterback counter and he breaks through the line of scrimmage, you hit him like he's a uh, like like he's a, like Jerome Bettis coming through. You hit him like he's all start with the ball. Uh, you got to hit him and, and really put him on his butt, put him on his backside in a, in a mean and a ferocious way to let him know I'm sending a message up into the booth to the offensive coordinator. You keep running this cat if you want. He might not make it to this game, much less the whole season so you got to put some questions in their mind about how they're going to be calling those plays for the rest of the the, the game and uh that, that puts a little bit of doubt i think in the offense coordinator as far as what he can call throughout the game when you talk about those quarterback runs
0: it's a fabulous point something that happened last year and we've talked about this on the off season but in that regular season game when the chiefs would go to their six safety one uh. linebacker look. It was green light for Josh Allen. Yeah. It was a like big green light because what he did was said we ain't gonna throw it, we're gonna run quarterback power, we're gonna run quarterback lead, yeah. and take. A, they scored in five plays. It was a knife through butter. Now I think the Bills are better this year than the 2021 Bills or the 2020 Bills. I think right now, right now, the Bills are the most complete team in the National Football League. But if you do that again, green light might mean thigh contusion. Mm. Because the Chiefs defense ain't di- – they are way different. You just nail it. They are way different than the group that was playing that 4-1-6 last year.
1: And it starts at Bolton. We got to get – listen, man. Bolton. That, that young man has
0: <laughs> created a
1: style of of hitting. When he touches you, you go down. Yeah. Like, yeah, every, everybody misses a tackle every blue moon. But when he puts his paws on you, he puts those bear claws on you, or maybe those those tiger claws since he's from Missouri – um, um, Miz baby, yeah. <laughs> running backs go down right away, and it, it, just an arrogance of, of of his ability and his understanding of where to fit and how to play downhill football um, as a linebacker. I'm, I'm 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 sometimes mesmerized just to keep my eye on him every snap of every play, and uh, he's he's done an amazing job. And I always like to just tip my hat to that young man.
0: Josh Allen leads the Bills in rushing. He has more rushing yards than Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Mm-hmm. All right, but Nate here, the antagonist who's Sean McDermott, is probably going to not be just so green light to let him run because he may run into Nick Bolton on Mm -hmm. one of those five runs. And it was just going to take one shot, one hit, one shot. We know. And I think the Bills have been like, ooh, maybe we ought to rethink this a little bit. All right. To me, the Bills have kind of taken over the role of the Chiefs. Shop just talked about it, this quick strike. I mean, the role of the Chiefs in 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. But the Chiefs now, to me, feel like the New England Patriots of the mid-2000s. Why? They're playing different, but they're being incredibly efficient in the red zone. You talk about first-down efficiency. That's my big thesis of this year. But in the red zone, these guys have been awesome. I mean, 23 possessions in the red zone, best in the league, 19 touchdowns if i'm not mistaken 18 touchdowns but they're using tight ends running backs are attacking you laterally and they're they're playing arena football and doing
2: it better right now than anybody in the league well first of all hearing shop talk about how he wants uh, our guys to wrap up and tackle it reminded me of in the uh, raiders game It was a big gain by josh jacobs a big run but justin reed just stood his ground I was imagining you just cheering during that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacobs tried rolling him over. Oh yeah, oh I yeah. I mean, I mean, to his credit, Justin did take a big hit, but he still stopped him. Exactly. And good for Justin to just standing his ground. That's what you need against the Buffalo Bills. And what is that bug
0: in a windshield? We saw it a couple times. When it's Bolton, it's a bug exactly. in the windshield. I don't <laughs> care if it is Josh Jacobs or Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, you can you can run that four-one-six with Nick Bolton in the middle, and I feel really good about that because Nick can go out and cover a little bit too. And if you're going to run, he's going to stop you. But that's really the key to the game. I mean, the, the Bills are averaging more than six yards on first down. That's the most in the NFL. Uh, they have the best third down offense in the NFL because they don't have to go very far because they average so much on first down. The quarterback power game, like you guys were talking about, is the key to all of this, I think. Because if it's third and three – The Bills are in shotgun. Everyone knows what they're going to do. Everybody knows. And you just have to be able to stop it. And I think we really do have the personnel now uh, to stop it. These guys are a big play offense, though, as well, as you said, Mitch. I mean, it's a big play passing offense. Allen is averaging 8.3 yards per attempt. He's 14 passes of 25 or more yards this year and the second-best passer rating on deep passes uh, in the NFL. The most important thing with these guys, you cannot let them be on schedule. You can't let them be in a rhythm and feeling it. If you can sack Josh Allen, if you can have a delay of game penalty even, just stuff to get them out of sync, kind of like what we saw with the Raiders in the second half of the Mm -hmm. game on Monday, all of a sudden it's not as easy for the Buffalo Bills. And when they make mistakes, you have to capitalize on it. You have to. If Josh Allen throws you the ball and you're able to pick him off at midfield, you've got to go and score a touchdown. The one game they lost this year against the Miami Dolphins, that's what the Dolphins did. When uh, they turned the ball over, the Dolphins scored. The Bills missed a field goal, the Dolphins scored. Mm -hmm. So this isn't one of those games where there's a lot of margin for error. It's, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, the two best teams in the NFL. And when you're playing the Buffalo Bills and they make a mistake, you've got to capitalize on it. And this is the same exact conversation they're having in Orchard Park right now about (laughs) us. So that's the important thing here with this team is you've got to make sure you capitalize on their mistakes if they make them.
0: Yeah, you lead to my final point that I want to bring up and get your reaction here to it I have found a few cavities here in the Bills they're hard to find I mean you got to dig through the find it but but one is their red zone offense they've struggled I mean they're, they're blowing out Pittsburgh they're gonna get 60 points in that game but Josh Allen throws a red zone pick they, they've had some issues they had issues again the dolphin game but they're taking the ball away this is a dolphin I'm sorry a Bills defense that will take the ball away they have 11 takeaways but they have nine giveaways They have uh, fumbles here uh, and interceptions, but they're near the top on fumbles, and they've lost five of them. The Chiefs are not taking the ball away. The Chiefs have only four takeaways, four giveaways. We're setting at zero. So you've now blinked that light here. The next Ted Lasso episode could be, could the Chiefs get some takeaways? So shop, you're playing this high-powered offense, but the Chiefs have one interception in five games. That's the 99-yard pick six by Jalen Watson. That's it, okay? So how do you turn a team like this over as well as stop
1: them? I'll keep it real simple. So to me, uh, the formula for creating turnovers on defense is uh, you got to play a lot of zone. Zone means the defenders are going to have their eyes on the quarterback. Zone defenders are able to move on the throw, get to the ball. You have three, four guys. So any tip ball is going to be picked off and go the other way. Man coverage is about making the quarterback hold on to the ball. You turn your back around. You're following your guy, eyeing the receiver, trying to make a play on the ball through the receiver's hands, and that kind. You're not going to really get a lot of picks and interceptions and turnovers, but it allows your defenders to play very aggressive, tight coverage, and that allows the pass rush to get to the quarterback. So everything kind of mirrors and goes hand in hand. If you want tight coverage and you want the quarterback to hold it for an extra second to help the pass rushers get there, you got to do a lot more man. If you're okay letting the quarterback throw it in two seconds, getting it out of his hand, having him throw it in rhythm, which I think that was what the Bills like to do. Then you play zone, and that comes down to how accurate is that quarterback. And I think the one thing we know, this guys a, he's, he's an elite quarterback. He's very accurate with the ball. So it would surprise me to see us in a lot of zone coverage allowing those windows with uh, Stefan Diggs and Gabriels to be able to sit down in those zones and, you know, like you say on first and second down, get a lot of chunk plays. So – Man, I want our guys up there pressing them. I don't care who those guys are across. I, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm confident in Fenton. I'm confident in Williams. I'm confident if M- McDuffie comes back. Any of our guys. We play a lot of man coverage because as the season goes on and on and on, the 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 level of competition, you got to be able to man up, guys. You can't always run these uh, um, um, trick 'em, uh, um, a robber style defenses. Through, through, through zones and, and, and voiding out. What people do to us to try to stop Pat is they, they just throw the kitchen sink at them, and you're never good at anything. And then when that comes to the playoffs, you have no confidence in what you, what we are doing is building fundamental techniques and skills. What, what the Bills try to do and not do is not gonna take us off our plan to building this defense to be a championship defense. So I think we just stay on plan. We continue to go to the next chapter, next page. Let this defense, these defensive backs get a little bit tighter, a little bit more up on these guys. And guess what? If they want to throw it over the top, we got two safeties that can be very rangy on the back end. Let that quarterback run the ball if he wants to run it. We got Bolton to make a just to pop him a couple good times. Make sure you point up to the offensive coordinator and say, all right, you keep doing that. I'm going I'm to I'm put his lights out. You keep on running that play, and we're going to put his lights out. But that's the kind of mentality, I think, the kind of defensive arrogance you got to have. Um, and that allows you to take away the big plays. You're challenging those guys, challenging those throws, and that be timing throws, get them off schedule like Matt said. It's just an a, a, a arrogance I would love to see our defense play with on Sunday.
0: Yeah, sp- we've seen Spags do this. It's like a professor with a syllabus during a college semester, meaning he is just he builds to a crescendo. We've yeah. seen it every year in nineteen twenty and twenty one, where October's this, September's this, November's this, and December's this, and the playoffs are this. I mean, so it- it's interesting to see how Spags handle this.
2: And I'd argue that right now they're ahead of schedule. Yep. Uh, based on where they've been in the past, if you look at they're the almost game- like at
0: late October. Yeah. In the, mm-hmm. Instead of. Mid-October. Yeah, and
2: listen, I get the Raiders scored 29 points. I mean, you don't want to give up 29 points. But what I love about Monday night's game is Coach Reed trusted the defense on the field at the end when he knows that the Raiders have one of the best kickers in the NFL who can probably kick a 63-yard field goal to win the game. And you trust your defense at the end and you show them that you trust them and they came through yes sir. at the end that's awesome that's what you want to build right now at this point in the season you obviously want to win games but you also want to build your identity and build trust amongst your teammates and with your coaches and we saw that in that monday game And that's why this defense, I think, is feeling really good going into this game because everyone wants to talk about the offense and deservingly so. But this is a great opportunity for the Chiefs defense to go out there and bring it to Josh Allen and say, we play defense in Kansas City too and really get this thing rolling. So uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. But Andy Reid has never had the
0: defense be second fiddle. He knows it's an orchestra. Oh, yeah. I can't just have the woodwinds, hey, you guys are (laughs) awful over here. Andy Reid does that different
1: Oh, you saw it on game day, man. <laughs> no, no, he, no. Hey, but. on game day, when they threw that flag, he was the first person to come to Chris Jones. Like, hey, I got it, Chris. I'm going to get this guy a, 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 a stern talking to because I know what, you, what you're going through out there. He didn't just sit to the side was like, don't worry about the defense, your second fiddle. No, man, we are brotherhood. You come in as teammates, but you leave as family. That's a motto. But,
0: I mean, different than you played with, man. <laughs> I tried to defend the defense back in those days. Just saying. <laughs> don't. I mean, that's just getting me back. Some. Anyway, here we go again. Chiefs, Bills, and Matt, you said it right. These are the two best teams in the National Football League. And just like – I'm not trying to sell Apple TV here, but everybody can't wait to see what's next in Ted Lasso. Everybody can't wait to see what's next with the Chiefs and Bills. 10, five, touchdown, lock it down, and the celebration begins at Arrowhead.